Happy New Year. Did anybody get sleep last night at all? Oh, a couple of you. I know Chuck went to bed at 9.30. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Rachel and I had the the pleasure to stay out till like 1.30 last night, so we're a little uh, little tired, but I had plenty of coffee this morning, so I'm ready to go. But, uh, But today... Um, as we are celebrating the coming of 2017, it's here, I wanted to reflect a little bit on our 2016. And uh, I want you all to, to look back at your 2016 and, and think on it, reflect on it. Um, were there times that, that were hard? Probably. Times that were easy? Probably. Maybe, maybe there was times where it was filled with uh, heartbreak, maybe a broken relationship, uh, maybe a lost job, maybe uh, a lost friendship, maybe just a really tough uh, year for your marriage, maybe uh, a tough year for your job, maybe, maybe uh, you didn't get the promotion you wanted, or maybe uh, you had a loved one die, pass away, uh, maybe your family was a, uh, had a little tough spot with your family, maybe there's some growing pains with, uh, with that, or maybe your 2016 was a very excellent year. Maybe you got the job you wanted. Maybe you had a child for the first time. You got a, a promotion. You got a pay raise. You got a new job that is really good. Or maybe you got married or engaged. That's me. Engaged, not married is 2017. Uh, maybe you, you got a new relationship that's fun and exciting. Uh, maybe finances weren't an issue this year that, that, like they were before. But, uh, but as we reflect on 2016, uh, and as I was preparing for this message uh, this week, there's one, one character in Scripture that kind of stuck out to me, and, and as I was reading a little bit of a story, I was like, That's, that was my 2016. That's, uh, in essence, my 2016, and that was the story of Paul. And so Paul was, was a guy, I'm just going gonna, gonna to move this. Can y'all, can y'all hear me okay if I talk like this? Okay. All right. So Paul was a, a guy that, uh, that was a very zealous Jew, and he wanted to what happened is Saul was out there killing these Christians and did it in the name of the Lord. I'm going to kill people and I'm going to stop this ruin that's happening. And, and then as Paul is walking uh, from one city, my job's on there, to another city to, to kind of you know, do some more of this slaying of Christians, the Lord broke in his life. And as he's walking, I'm sure Paul just walked in and had the last thing in his mind was going to be that the Lord is going to come to these folks, right? And so Paul is walking and with his friends and these other people that he's going to kill other Christians with, and then boom, the Lord breaks in and, and says, Paul, why are you persecuting these people? And, and Paul, why are you doing this to these people? And so my 2016 was probably a little bit similar to that, where I was doing my, my own things, I was ready to go, I had my own plans, my own agendas, and maybe like he is more focused on just something he didn't expect. So for me, I don't think in 2016 that I was going to be engaged. I didn't think that I would be having a missional community full of awesome people that want to share life with me. I had no idea that people actually care that much to, to come over to my house. I didn't think I'd have friendships that I have. I didn't think I'd have family that I'd have. I didn't think that I'd be going to seminary in 2017. I didn't think that uh, the Aggies would be as bad as they think they are. <laughs> 
times where the Lord just changed my plans. Since 2016. And and what I love about Paul and this, this story of Paul is as he was going on this journey, as he was going, going about his imprisonment, the Lord comes in to him and says, Why are you persecuting me? Why are you, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? And then Paul's response is is a response that that I think I want to be in Luke 2017 with. It may be a response for you guys as well. And uh, he says, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And and so he was asking this question because he already knew who God was. He already knew who he was. He had been following him. But what he's really asking this question is, Lord, you're greater than I expected. You're bigger than what I So as, as we move into 2017, as you are uh, transitioning into a new year, maybe uh, there's some things on the horizon that are coming up, some good things that you can expect, some, uh, some fun things that you can expect, and, and maybe there's some, some uh, challenges that are going to come into contact with, uh, there's going to be some hard, hardships. Last night, Rachel and I had the pleasure to go out to uh, a bar inside Montrose, and for those who don't know, Montrose is known for... So Rachel and I, we went out knowing that. It's kind of our New Year's tradition. We did it last year, too. We wanted to go out again uh, last night. And, and as we were leaving, a woman stopped us. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, as we are, as we are leaving, a woman stops us. And, and we have no idea who she is. She just says, what are you doing in a gay bar engaged? And there's no way she would have known that Rachel and I were maybe even together or necessarily not even engaged. But she turns and stops to us and says, what are you doing here in a gay bar? And the Lord told me to tell you that finances won't be an issue for you this year, that there's going to be some things that you're going to encounter that are going to be tough, but the Lord still loves you. And so that was the last thing I expected to happen last night, especially being in a place like that. But the hope that I, I have and the hope that I want you guys to have in your upcoming year is that the Lord is with you. Even in places that you don't think there's hope. Even in places that you may not expect. But he's going to break into your life and he's going to be there. In those hardships that you had in 2016, he's going to redeem. And in the upcoming hardships in 2017, he's going to be there for that. And there's also many things to give thanks for in the new year in an old year, that the Lord is not only going to redeem those things and be there, but he's also going to bless you and care for you like he's done since the beginning. And so um, what I want to do today is, is as uh, we are starting a, year, a new year, I want to give thanks to the Lord. And so I'm going to invite y'all, kind of what we do at Devo is we, uh, we did this last week as well, but to invite you guys to give some, uh, some responses. And so I'm going to start by giving a time of Thanksgiving, and then I'm going to pass the mic around to you guys, and maybe uh, y'all can do the same. So what you're thankful for in 2016, and what you want to see the Lord do in 2017. So I'll start, 
And uh, in 2016, I was thankful for a wonderful church, thankful for my fiance, and thankful for my missional community. So if you have anything, uh, we'll pass the mic around and, and you can share with, uh, with the church at large and with, uh, with each other what you're thankful for. So uh, <clears throat> I, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure I'm speaking for Dina too. We're thankful for just, you know, uh, Aaron and Sarah and, and them coming over to our house and sharing um, their vision and dream of this that is happening now. So <clears throat> we're thankful for that. I'm thankful for my uh, beautiful wife, my two amazing, healthy children, um, and just, you know, friends and family. I was just going to say, I'm thankful for, yes, this church, this community, this body. Um, this was a really rough year, for 2016, for me, being in the oil and gas industry. I saw a lot of darkness, and I had to really dig deep and really trust God that he was right there walking with me. And I experienced that, that it was okay. He had me. Um, and that's what I want for this year is just to have that trust. Mine's kind of a longie, but I'm, as you know, I'm not very short-winded. Um, so at the beginning of this year, uh, Sally Breen challenged us ladies to come up with some words that spoke to us from the Lord, and my words that I chose were love mercy, because I really didn't understand what it meant to love mercy. And so um, throughout the year, the Lord started showing me, teaching me what that meant, and uh, in addition to having the two boys, we ended up having four more children in our home that stayed for more than two or three days. Um, and I learned how to love the children, which was easy. But the hard part was loving their moms and their dads, who the Lord would show me out on the streets. I actually saw Jeremiah's mom and dad panhandling out on the street. Um, showed me how to love the foster moms, because sometimes the foster moms are also a little bit hard to love, um, but taught me how to do that. And then, um, you know, through the devotions, I cannot tell y'all how thankful I am for our daily devotions here at Oikos at Target. Um, there were days when I would wake up and I was just in a total fog and I didn't know why or what was going on, and I would pray, and I would read, and I would be like, I'm just going to drive to devotions. And I would get over there, and just seeing y'all's faces, and listening, and sometimes I didn't say anything, um, but just doing that was such a comfort to me, and I knew it was the Lord placing his hand on my heart and saying, you're okay, you're going to be able to do this. And recently, um, I felt the Lord telling us to we needed to simplify, so we decided to put our house on the market, and the Lord led us to purchase another house before we'd sold ours, which was pretty risky. Um, it was kind of, it was either the dumbest thing we've ever done or it was the smartest thing we've ever done. I still don't know. The word is still out, but um, we went ahead with it, and the Lord has blessed that along the way, but um, through that, you know, I told y'all in devotions about my prejudice 
against Indian people. Well, guess who bought our house the day before Christmas? The Indian people bought our house. And so we're still, you know, in the option period, but I think it's going to go through. And also the, the house that we purchased, we didn't know it till we got to the closing table, but the people who sold it um, were in the process of a divorce. And they had lived in that house for 30 years, and he's like probably in his early 70s. So that was super sad. So the night before last, I was awake from like 1.45 till 4.30 doing one of my times of prayer and um, reflecting on the last year. And I thought about, the, the man had moved out of his house on Friday. And I thought about him in his new apartment, because he's living in an apartment now. And I just kept praying and praying and praying for him, because I felt like he was lying there awake in his new apartment, because he had lived in that other house for 30 years. And I just felt that mercy, that love, even though I don't even know this guy, and he's pretty quirky. He's a little bit semi-hoarder and, you know... Uh, anyways, to make a long story short, which I'm not doing a very good job of, I feel like, um, the Lord is continuing to show me how to love mercy. Who else? I guess I could stand, huh? I'm off. So 2016 was a big year, I think, for us as a church. We, um, of course, 2015, we moved into this facility because it was given to us. But I think what the Lord has taught me over the last couple of years is how important it is for me to speak to Him and then for me to listen. And so 2015 was the year that I prayed that He would give us a building and give it for free, and we got it. And it's not my prayer, but it was his will. But it's because I was listening to him and saying, it's time for us to move and to make that move that we're now here. And we can take it for granted so easily because I know that we walk in here, but I tried to hold back from keeping it from something that I would forget on how powerful of a move it was that we're able to walk in and I may not always successfully do it, but I give thanks that we don't have to set up chairs every Sunday. Amen, right? I give thanks that we're not in a constant kind of tension of, are they going to ask us to move out? Those are the things that I think have been a blessing as we moved into a facility that I'm, and the board knows this, it is on the lowest part of my priority list because it can be freely given, but it can be freely taken away. And I know as a church, we can exist without this, but we can be very thankful for it at the same time. So this last year I prayed because we are supposed to be a church that plants churches. We are supposed to be a church that makes disciples who creates leaders. And so my prayer this last year is, Lord, send leaders. And he has sent leaders. In fact, I just got an email, and I want to share this. I don't know where it's going to go, and I haven't told the board about this or the elders, so this is all news for everybody. 
Um, I just got an email from a guy in Florida. I did share it with Jason. Um, and he wants to start Oikos in Florida. And so I don't know what that means, but I do know that the Lord is saying, leaders are coming, and leaders may not just come, but you may have to go and help along the way. And so he just continues, and I think this is a great message win for us. Who are you, Lord? That was good. I never really heard that in the text before as a key in, kind of push it in. Who are you, Lord? Lord, help me to know you better because you are beyond my expectation. So I want us to be a church that when we pray, we receive what he gives, but we also look for the unexpected because he wants to give, and actually it's not just want, he does give beyond your expectation. You just don't always see it. So to follow that prayer is, Lord, who are you? Now help me to see you. And as I look into the families that are gathered here today, many of you I know receive something beyond your expectation. Some of it's huge. Some of it's small. But may we grab onto that this year and know that as we pray, he is listening. Now help us to see what he's doing. I'll just follow you later. Anyone else? <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Don't want to follow up the pastor, but I have something to say too. <clears throat> so I'll just uh, glad to be back. Uh, so fighting uh, the flu, but I think I'm over it. So I hope you get sick. But and thinking about 2016, um, we obviously one great thing that happened was we moved into our first house, which was great. And God, God has done a lot of good things in that in our house um, since then with the community of friends that have formed in that house. But this morning, God hit me with a pretty good, amazing Cairo sledgehammer uh, through Facebook where he posted a memory I posted back in 2011, and it was from Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. And when I posted that, I did not, I, 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 was, I did not meet my wife yet. I was in Illinois, a missionary, and I was lonely and just like figuring out what was God wanting to do with my life. And he sent that, I wrote that verse. And so five years later, here we are, married, a uh, good church community, and have our home. But in reading the verse again, it says, Isaiah 43, uh, verse 17, verse 14, it says, This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sakes I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, the Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle. So God did amazing things. He's trying to remind Israel that he can do amazing things. But then in verse 18, he says, but forget all that. It is not compared to what I am going to do. 
for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness and I will create, create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so what I thought God was reminding me of is, yeah, I did great things, but don't be, don't let that, don't let that make you complacent and think that it's over. Forget all that. Live in the now because I'm going to do something great now. And so like how God reminded me that when I was back in 2011 when I was so wanting so many things and he did so many great things. He said, now forget all that because I'm going to do something great again. And so I was just really encouraged by, I guess, what, what I got from you is, is just re reminding me of God saying is, remember what I did, but don't let that keep you from, from remembering what I'm, from believing what I'm going to do. Uh, I think 2016 was probably, it was just a hard year for my family. Um, you know, we think just learning how to, to joyfully parent, you know, two little toddlers uh, a year and 13 days apart. Uh, and it's hard, Danielle, you know, you had three with, you know, within three years. And, um, and so I think that's just been a huge journey. I'm thankful for that. Just remembering that these things come in seasons and to just, um, just to embrace, embrace that and to remember that this doesn't last forever. It doesn't make it necessarily any easier, but your posture can change with that. And, and um, you know, I think just at least for me, just thankful for how the Lord has just kind of through some of these challenges over the last, last year and stuff, just been able to, uh, to transform me into, you know, a better husband, um, better father, and um, got a ways to go, but uh, just seeing a lot of movement and you know, and then just, you know, within our household and stuff, just 2016 was just kind of a year of, you know, some, some depression and some anxiety and, and just a lot of strongholds that kind of Satan had in our home. And, um, and then coming into the new year, uh, it's like the Lord just, he busted all those strongholds just in time for the new year and stuff. And so uh, just seeing a lot of victory, very thankful for that. I think it's going to be an incredible year. And um, so just thankful for all that the Lord has done. And for the people that, you know, get to live life with us. Okay. Awesome. Anyone else? <clears throat> kind of nervous. Well, my 2016 and past, I'm like 56 years old. Y'all know my family. I have a big, beautiful, loving family. But to me, it's like I just exist. There's no purpose in my life right now. And I don't know why. So I'm trying to hope that 2017 will bring joy and ask God to open the eyes of my heart. You know, and, and be true to myself now. It's, it's just time. And I, I mean, for God's sake, I've been separated for 18 years hoping that this woman would come home. I mean, what's wrong with me? You know? It's just sad, it's just so, but you know, I've tried to stay strong for my children, but I just can't no more, so I'm asking him to guide me through 2017 with a better, better future for myself. Be true to myself. And I just pray and pray every day that I can do that in 2017. Amen. And he's, he is near, he's near. <clears throat> 